Chapter Thirty Two of The Star Chamber and Historical Romance, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. The Star Chamber and Historical Romance, Volume Two, by William Harrison Ainsworth. Chapter Thirty Two judgment on the intimation of the prince's wishes the tapestry was again raised to admit sir jocelyn mounchensey who stepping forward made a profound reverence to the prince i greet you well sir jocelyn said charles in the kindest and most gracious tone as the young knight advanced towards him as your disgrace was public so shall your restoration to the king's favour be likewise public your return to court will be a satisfaction to his majesty any imprudence of which you have been guilty will be entirely overlooked all graver faults imputed to you have been explained so that no unfavourable impressions against you remain upon my royal father's mind or on mine let me assure you that you have now no more zealous friends than the conde de gondomar and the marquis of buckingham for any wrong i may have done sir jocelyn i am heartily sorry said buckingham frankly and he may rely on my present offer of friendship and on mine too subjoined de gondomar the services i have rendered him must be set against any mischief i have subsequently done you make me more than amends said sir jocelyn bowing to them and i at once accept your proffered friendship you are in the midst of friends and foes sir jocelyn said prince charles and have before you a new-found relative and not far distant from you one whom unless i am greatly mistaken has the strongest hold upon your affections but before you turn to her or to any one listen to the sentence which in the king's name i shall pronounce upon those two offenders a sentence which most assuredly will be ratified by his majesty in person and by the lords of the council of the star-chamber before whom they will be brought hear me then ye wrongdoers ye shall be despoiled of your unjustly acquired possessions which will be eschiated to the crown where restitution is possible it shall be made restitution by the crown a likely thing muttered sir giles moreover ye shall pay for your misdeeds in person pursued charles degraded from the knighthood ye have dishonoured and with all the ceremonies of debasement when ye have become giles mompesson and francis mitchell knaves ye shall undergo precisely the same ignominious punishment with all its dreadful details which ye caused to be inflicted upon him you suppose to be clement lanyere this being done to you and no part of the torture being on any plea omitted ye shall be brought back to the fleet prison and be there incarcerated 
for the residue of your lives mompesson heard this sentence apparently unmoved though his flashing eye betrayed in some degree his secret emotion not so his partner flinging himself on his knees before the prince he cried in piteous tones i confess my manifold offences and own that my sentence is lenient in comparison with them but i beseech your highness to spare me the mutilation and branding all else i will patiently endure he merits no compassion said buckingham and yet i would intercede for him and your intercession shall avail to the extent which he himself hath mentioned but no further rejoined charles i solicit nothing and i confess nothing said mompesson in a tone of defiance if i am ever brought to trial i shall know how to defend myself but i well know that will never be i can make such revelations concerning those in high places ay in the highest places he added with a vindictive look at buckingham that they will not dare to molest me the hound must be muzzled said buckingham in a low tone to the prince he must replied charles let the prisoners be removed they are committed to the fleet prison prisoners exclaimed mompesson ay prisoners repeated osmond mountchensey my prisoners i have a star chamber warrant for your arrest behold it under this warrant his highness has committed you and you will be taken hence to the fleet where you giles mompesson shall occupy the cell you destined for my nephew now your sword take it rejoined mompesson plucking the rapier from its sheath take it in your heart you at least shall not live to enjoy your triumph but osmond was too quick for him and seizing his arm ere he could deal the meditated blow with almost superhuman force he wrested the sword from him and broke it beneath his feet at the same time other personages appeared on the scene these were the sergeant-at-arms and a party of halberdiers advancing slowly towards the prisoners the officer received the warrant from osmond mountchensey while the halberdiers closed round the two extortioners before the prisoner mompesson is removed said charles see that he delivers up to you his keys let an inventory be taken of all monies within the house and let the royal seal be placed upon all boxes and caskets all deeds and other documents must be carefully preserved to be examined hereafter and let strict search be made for i have heard there are many hidden depositories of treasure especially within the prisoner's secret cabinet take heed that the strictest examination be made subjoined buckingham in accordance with his highness's behests for the knave smiles as if he thought his precautions were so well taken that the searchers would be baffled fear nothing my lord marquis replied the sergeant-at-arms now prisoner he added to mompesson your keys while the officer was thus employed luke hatton stepped forward those keys will be of little use he said 
to the prince others have been beforehand with your highness how sir what others demanded charles bending his brows the extortioner's lawless band of attendants generally known as his myrmidons your highness replied hatton instinctively discerning as it would seem that all was over with their master they had determined to quit his service and without giving him any notice of their intention not content with deserting him in the hour of danger they have robbed him as well robbed him of the bulk of his treasure they have broken into his secret cabinet and stripped it of all its valuables that could be of use to them and have not left one of his hidden hoards unvisited hell's curses upon them exclaimed mompesson with irrepressible rage may they all swing upon the gibbet the chief among them a rascally alsatian known as captain blutter has been captured pursued luke hatton and a large sum together with a rich casket of jewels has been found upon him and it is to be hoped that the officers will succeed in finding the others will your highness interrogate blutter not now replied charles let him be taken to the fleet but there were other matters of more importance than the treasures the deeds and legal instruments these as being useless to the robbers were probably left untouched they were so your highness replied luke hatton would they had burned them ejaculated mompesson would all had been destroyed and he gave utterance to such wild exclamations of rage accompanied by such frenzied gestures that the halberdiers seized him and dragged him out of the room the old usurer was removed at the same time and now said charles rising from his chair one thing only remains to be done ere i depart and it will be pleasanter to me than aught that has preceded it i must again address myself to you sir jocelyn mountchensey i and to you also fair mistress aveline i pray you to come near me he continued with a gracious smile to the damsel and as she blushingly complied for she half divined his purpose he said as i have already told you sir jocelyn your restoration to the king's favour is complete and your reappearance at court would be a gratification to his majesty but after the events which have occurred a brief retirement will i conceive be most agreeable to you and i would counsel a visit to the hall of your ancestors nothing could be more in accordance with my own wishes most gracious prince if my newly found relative will accept me as his guest not as his guest my good nephew said osmond you are sole lord of mountchensey i have made over the mansion and all the estates to you they are yours as by right they should be sir jocelyn's emotion was too great to allow him to express his gratitude in words a noble gift exclaimed charles but you must not go there alone sir jocelyn you must take a bride with you this fair lady has well approved her love for you 
as you have the depth of your devotion to her take her from my hands take her to your heart and may years of fondest wedded happiness attend you both when you reappear at court you will be all the more welcome if lady mountchancy be with you so saying he placed aveline's hand in that of her lover and with a look of ineffable delight they knelt to express their gratitude the prince and the courtly train passed out and lastly sir jocelyn and the object of his affections vainly did he seek for his relative and benefactor osmond mountchancy had disappeared but just as the young knight and his fair companion were quitting the house luke hatton followed by two porters bearing a stout chest approached them and said sir jocelyn you have seen the last of your uncle he has charged me to bid you an eternal adieu you will never hear of him again unless you hear of his death may no thoughts of him mar your happiness or that of her you love this is what he bade me say to you this chest contains the title-deeds of your estates and amongst them is a deed of gift from him to you they will be conveyed by these porters whithersoever you may direct them and now having discharged mine office i must take my leave stay sir cried sir jocelyn i would fain send a message to my uncle i cannot convey it replied luke hatton you must rest content with what i have told you to you and to all others osmond mountchancy is as the dead with this he hastily retreated three days after this the loving pair were wedded and the ceremony which was performed with strict privacy in accordance with the wishes of the bride being concluded they set out upon their journey into norfolk sir jocelyn had noticed among the spectators of the marriage rites a tall personage wrapped in a sable cloak whom he suspected to be his uncle but as the individual was half hidden by a pillar of the ancient fabric and as he lost sight of him before he could seek him out he never could be quite sure of the fact sir jocelyn's arrival at the hall of his ancestors was the occasion of great rejoicings and in spite of the temptations held out to him many years elapsed ere he and lady mountchancy revisited the scene of their troubles in london End of chapter thirty two